Well, so this uh, leaflet came through my door um, a couple of weeks ago, um, encouraging me to join one of the local gyms, appealing to our sense of spirituality as a reason to join whichever class they've taken a picture of. And I think that that's kind of, that for me was a picture of where our culture is at at the moment. It's very positive about people expressing their spirituality and finding something that works for them. The question I want to ask, though, we want to ask, is do all spiritual paths lead to God? So it doesn't really matter what anyone chooses. I think there is a widespread view in our culture uh, uh, along those lines that that's pretty much, yeah, just choose the thing that's right for you. And I want to explore that view and uh, then take a fresh look at it and also take a fresh look at what Jesus says. So I think our, our culture's view is something along the lines of uh, Yamatel's Life of Pi, if you've read that or seen the movie. Pi starts life as a Hindu, but he decides first of all to become a Christian and then a Muslim as well. And Pi is really happy with this three-way arrangement until one day he's walking down the street with his parents and he meets both the priest and the imam and the pandit from the temple. And there ensues an argument between the three religious leaders and they conclude he can't be a Hindu and a Christian and a Muslim. It's impossible. He must choose. And his mother nudges her son and asks, how do you feel about the question? To which a deeply embarrassed Pai blurts out, Bapu Gandhi said, all religions are true. I just want to love God. Sounds very spiritual, doesn't it? I just want to love God. But which God? How many gods? Hinduism has many. Other people say there's only one. Is there a real God that we pray to and that hears us and responds? Or is it just personal and inward and meditation? And what does it mean to love God or the gods? What's involved? And as I ask those questions, at that kind of point, the culture around us, I think, would say to me, oh, Steve, I know it would say to me, at least friends have said this to me, just relax. Just relax, Steve. Listen, it's, it's much more like there's a mountain, you see? There's a mountain, and um, we're all on a path, but wonderfully, all the paths go to the top. Now, anyone here done any mountain climbing? Anyone had an experience of walking in hills, and you start off on a path at the bottom, and there are actually loads of paths at the bottom, aren't there? But there aren't that many that go to the top, and if it's a steep mountain, there's pretty much usually only one safe way up, unless you've got all the ropes. Who's to say that some of the paths that are supposed to go to God don't end in a dead end, or a cliff, or a drop? Or we start on, the, on, on a path, and it looks really promising, but it doesn't really go to the top, it goes off, and we've got to get off that path, we've got to repent in Bible language, and then get on a different path. You see, this idea that we're all on a spiritual path and all roads will go to the same place, they'll all go to God or the, or the higher power or however we think of God. What evidence is there for that? How, how does anyone know that? And more than that, 
Who's to say it's about mountain climbing in the first place? The Christian faith certainly isn't about mountain climbing. And I wanted to just continue to ask a question about this, about this view. Um, um, have a little, little journey into logic. Forgive me for this. Um, and it's, it's the principle of non-contradiction. Okay? So if someone claims something and someone else claims something that contradicts the first thing, they can't both be true. That's the law of non-contradiction. Either the first one's true and the second one's not true because it contradicts it, or the first one's not true and the second one is true, or they're both wrong. It can't be that both Liverpool win the Premiership for the first time in 30 years this year and Manchester City do. It may be that Liverpool stop winning and Manchester City keep winning and they don't. Or it may be that neither of them win and Chelsea do or somebody else. But you can't have all of them winning the Premiership. That's just the real world. That's one of the things in the world that's... Well, it's not a both-and. It's, it's an either-or. And some things in life can be both-and. If we say, what's the best flavour of ice cream? We can all be right. Vanilla, chocolate, toffee, one of those fancy ones. We can all have our favourite. We can all have several favourites. We can all be right about many things in life that are both-and things, or many-and. But some things in life are either-or. And this is where the thing about non-contradiction comes in. You can't, for example, say, I've got a million pounds in my bank account. Unless you actually have. Um, your bank manager, even if you really, really, really believe that you have a million pounds in your bank account, your bank is not going to be that impressed if you start getting your cheque back out and writing massive cheques to everybody. They will give you a bit of reality check. Either it's there or it's not. It's an either-or thing. It's the real world around us, and many things in the real world are like that. So why have people been persuaded to put God in the ice cream category rather than the real world category of what's true? You see, that's where this talk about God belongs. It can't all be true if it all contradicts. Let me give you an example. So John's Gospel in the Bible teaches this about Jesus. It teaches that Jesus is the Son of God, that the central thing he came into the world to do was to die on the cross for our sins, and then after that he rose from the dead. That's hopefully familiar to us all. 600 years later, uh, Muhammad came along and he was very impressed by the teaching of, uh, he was impressed by some of the Christians he met and some of the Jews he met. And he continued in his teaching many of the values from those, uh, those, those faith traditions. But over this central thing to Christianity, he, he just thought, no, Jesus is, is a prophet. He's not the son of God. And he couldn't get his head round um, God Allah allowing a prophet to die. And so he te- it, it's the teaching of the Quran that Jesus didn't die. And uh, so, of course, he didn't rise from the dead. Can you see, that's not... I realise that, oh, gosh, maybe, maybe we're feeling slightly awkward about that. That's not my fault that that's there. It's just there. Two contradictory things about what the Christian faith says is central. Um, Muslims and Christians can be friends. They can be... 
Um, they can be part of the same family. Uh, definitely we want to live very well with our Muslim neighbors. But we can't pretend, and a Muslim wouldn't pretend, that we all agree on what's really important when it comes to God. So if we had the lovely folk from Almanar with us, they would say, yes, the same thing about being the same community, but that they believe what they believe about God and about Jesus. Now, again, we might well be thinking at this point, well, hang on a minute. What about Pi? What about Gandhi? Why can't we just sort of, you know, go back to that thing that they said, let's just love God, let's, let's just, you know, forget about the differences and com- focus on the things we've got in common. It's no accident that uh, Gandhi is speaking in the way he does. He comes from the Hindu tradition, and Hinduism isn't so much uh, a, a, a set of sort of ideological beliefs with a sort of common foundation, so much as it's the cultural tradition of the Indian nation, which as people have traveled through it, as conquerors have come, as people have traded, the Indian nation has been really good at absorbing lots of different faith ideas and different streams through history, so I guess it's not dissimilar to the Roman Empire of Jesus' days, which had, which had many gods. So um, Hinduism is a sort of, it's an Indian cultural tradition. It has many gods. And so for a Hindu to say, oh, all religions are, are, are the same, or they all get you there, it's just standard Hinduism. It seems inclusive, but again, it contradicts other religions. Let's Examine, for example, that Hinduism has many gods which you worship through idols, but Islam famously is defined by the statement that there is only one god. And it is fiercely opposed to any idolatry of any kind. Do you see? Hinduism and Islam can't both be right because they contradict each other. And you see... What no religion or spiritual journey does is change our hearts. And Christianity, as a religion, doesn't change our hearts. You know, you can go to church as often as you like, but it's the old adage, you know, going to McDonald's doesn't make you a beef burger. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't change your heart. It's got to be something else. And and we see this with Gandhi in particular. He's a remarkable man, as we know, if you know any of his story. Um, he wrote an autobiography called The Story of My Experience with Truth. Um, this is from the introduction. It's on the internet, which is where I got it from. He says, I hope to acquaint the reader fully with, any, uh, with all my faults and errors. In judging myself, I shall try to be as harsh as truth, and I want others also to be measuring myself by that standard. I must exclaim, where is there a wretch so miserable and loathsome as I... I have forsaken my maker, so faithless have I been. And I just think, wow, what an honest man. And, wow, what, I don't know, he's just, you know, I from afar have watched the film, I know a little bit about his life, and I just think, goodness me, he was heroic and such a leader and so disciplined and so, so sort of principled, and yet he knew that he wasn't faithful to God. How about you and me? I'm nowhere near as disciplined as he is. Are we going to say, well, he had a problem, but we don't? So finally, let's take a fresh look at God's answer through Jesus, the one we find in the Bible. What if 
instead of us having to climb up to God, God came down to us. Because the Christian faith is saying that we don't actually have to climb up a mountain to God. That's, that's actually not, it, it's not achievable, as Gandhi found. Uh, it seems to me that pretty much all the religions of the world tell you you have to become a better person by following their teaching. But God, knowing that we are supposed to be better people, he sees the gap and he comes to us. That's the Christian faith. You may remember from uh, reading or hearing it read at Christmas time, the beginning of John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was God and the Word was with God. John, the uh, writer, the friend of Jesus, says that God's Son, Jesus, always existed with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, but... He continues, and we read this at Christmas, 2,000 years ago, that actually he came down. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Can we see the difference it makes if God has actually come into our world? The difference it makes if he's become one of us so that we can know him and so that he can bring us back to himself. And what does it take for people like Gandhi or like you and like me who have forsaken God and done evil instead of good? Well, again, we know. I preached on it at Christmas time. But this is the significance of these verses that we take from the Bible in the story of everything. That actually God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And if you look it up in that section, he's just been talking about his death. That's what he means by giving is Jesus saying, it's going to take the death of him, of him as God's son, to pay for the wrong we do, to pay for the gap between us and the people we ought to be, the gap between us and God, and to make that way back. And that's unique. God becoming human, God himself paying for the human race. It only happened once. It only needed to happen once. And wonderfully it has happened. And so when Jesus says, the thing that we're going to get to, always we're heading towards this verse in John's Gospel, that on face value seems kind of controversial, but if you realize there is no other way for us to be right with God, then when Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, do you hear that that's really good news? That there is now a way for people to be right with God? If it's impossible for any of us to climb the mountain and get to God and be the people we ought to be, even after a whole lifetime of of trying, like Gandhi did, if it's not possible for us to close the gap and to rescue ourselves, but God has come to us and paid for us and will lift us, then it's love that says to you and me, don't try another way. Don't get on another path. It won't get you there. No one comes to the Father except through me, says Jesus, because he wants everyone to come to the Father through him. And what's needed is not mountain climbing so much as mountain rescue, which is wonderfully what Jesus brings. So I've kind of merged the question of do all spiritualities lead to God with do all religions lead to God. The Bible's answer, Jesus' answer is, they don't. They can't do because they're about us trying to improve ourselves, which we'll never succeed in doing. But the wonderful news is that Jesus has come to make that way back to God 
for everyone, whatever our cultural tradition, whatever our starting points, for everyone who turns to God through him 